One of the greatest obstacles to crafting health and wellness is identifying and controlling inflammation. It's at the core of all complex and chronic diseases, and it's the driving mechanism that underlies the most common symptoms that people like you struggle to overcome. Join us as we explore cutting-edge science and research to give you the information and tools you need to create the quality of life you want and deserve. And now, here is the host of Inflammation Nation, Dr. Stephen Nosworthy. Hey, there's Dr. Ann again. Um, this is going to be a shorter tack-on episode to the first two episodes that I did talking about toxicity testing. And the main takeaway from that last episode where we were talking about what kind of testing is important is to realize that there's both a quantitative and a qualitative aspect to toxicity. There's the question of how much do you have? And yes, amount matters because there's a dose-dependent relationship between the amount of a toxin and the magnitude of impact it has on your physiology. But there's also this more qualitative question as to whether or not your immune system is involved. And the people who have already lost tolerance in other domains, for example, they have autoimmunity, they have food sensitivities, are also more likely to have lost tolerance to their environment where they start having immune responses to chemicals and other toxins that can come into your body, bind to your own tissues, and therefore direct the immune system against the tissues to which those things are bound. Um, and if that's unfamiliar to you, go back and listen to the last episode, um, episode 99, or actually I think it was 100. So this makes episode 101, which I guess is a little bit of a milestone. So I, what I wanted to do was just add on a couple of comments without making the last episode super long. Um, and we'll see how long this one goes. It might be five minutes. It could be 15. But I want to talk just a little bit about strategy and a couple of other things that you can think about in terms of how to think about detoxification, right? And, and the whole point of this entire podcast is, yeah, to give you some tips and tricks and things that you could do on your own, but to give you information and understanding because you can't make your own quality decisions on your own. Um, or you don't understand if what your practitioner that you're working with, if you are, you don't know whether or not their decisions are good quality decisions if you have no frame of reference. And, and so I'm trying to build a body of knowledge for you, a framework of understanding that you can start making some judgment calls as to, hey, I think this is a good idea, or maybe it's a good idea, but not right now. Maybe I need to think about this down the road. And so, for example, a practical takeaway from some of the things that I've shared with you is that it's not appropriate for some people just to do a detox without doing any preparation. And unfortunately, a lot of practitioners in the natural world tend to do just that. Like, you know, they get a new client and the very first thing is, oh, we do a detox in everyone. And that's going to work for some people, but it's not going to work for others. And, and it may actually cause some, some harm and some damage in, in the sense of flaring them up. And here's an example, if I haven't shared this with you before, but back before I went out and became a solo practitioner, I, I spent 10 years in a multidisciplinary clinic where we had chiropractors on staff, we had medical staff, we had acupuncture, we had physical therapy, we had a whole bunch of different things. And part of our, on our medical side was an IV therapy center. And so we used to do things like chelation therapy and, and other things. And we would routinely see amazing things, people getting really good responses from chelation. Now, if you don't know what that is, 
usually we, we call chelation, it's IV or intravenous chelation, where they get some kind of a solution inserted into their veins, directly into their bloodstream. And it could be anything from things like um, uh, chelating compounds like glutathione, it could be chemical chelating compounds, uh, it could be antioxidants, it could be vitamins and minerals, it could be hydrogen peroxide. There's a whole bunch of different things that fall under the moniker of chelation therapy. And we saw a lot of really wonderful things happen for people. But we had a lot of people that didn't do so well. And in fact, I would go so far as to say is some people got worse doing chelation therapy when every expectation was that they would do better. And we would just slough it off as to, oh, well, you're just having a detox reaction. See you next week. And, you know, I think back and I, I wonder, because of course I didn't know then what I know now. And I wonder if we didn't do them a disservice. And so I have a very high regard for chelation therapy and the doctors that do that. But there has to be some safeguards built in and around so that you have some way of determining whether or not chelation therapy or just a generic detox is the right thing to do for any given individual person. And you may have experienced this. And, and in fact, you, you know, you can write in the comment section um, or, or shoot me a line at podcast at drknowsworthy.com to tell me if you've ever done a detox and had a negative outcome. And there could be many different reasons for that. And it could be that they just simply did the wrong type of detox because detox is, it's a continuum of many different things. It's not a single thing that everyone does the same way all the time. But maybe it's a timing issue. Maybe detox was an important thing to do, but you had to do certain things before you got to the point where you can handle that. And again, many different reasons why someone may not, may not want to do a detox first and foremost, or may not want to uh, do it aggressively. And so again, it's about understanding, it's about being able to make some of your own decisions and, and become relatively independent of the healthcare system, whether that's conventional or alternative. And this is what I call becoming autonomous or autonomous health. And that is having enough understanding that you can direct your own care. Or if you're working with someone, you can really understand whether or not what they're suggesting to you to, should be done is something that you agree is something that should be done. So anyways, let, let's talk about some strategy things. Like one of the very first things, that, and this is something simple that you can do on your own. You may have already done it to a certain degree. But I, I look at, at deloading your system as the very first step of, of a proper detox approach. And in fact, if, you know, I mentioned my 3D detox program on my website, it's called 3D detox, not in the sense of 3D as in three dimensions, but 3D in the sense of three words that begin with the letter D. And there's deload, which is the very first phase. And then there's detox itself. And there's what I call deep talks. And that's D-E-E-P as in Paul, deep talks. And that's what the 3Ds stand for. And deload is the very first thing. Now, it's more there's more breadth and depth to that than I'm going to share right here. But one simple thing that you can do is you can just start changing your diet. Like stop eating the things that are driving your inflammatory state, blowing your blood sugar control. Stop eating things that are feeding infections in your gut, for example. Um, and then you can deal with questions like, should you be eating organic foods like fruits and vegetables? Does going organic really matter? And, and the answer is sometimes. Um, and I say sometimes for two reasons. One, you may have a very robust capacity to handle things like uh, pesticide residues, which invariably has made its way into our, our food supply. But there are certain fruits and vegetables that tend to carry 
more toxins than others. And so there are some fruits and vegetables that, yeah, you probably should source organically, but there are others that it really doesn't make all that much difference. And so if you want a, a simple resource, this is not my resource, I'll point you to the Environmental Working Group. It's ewg.org, ewg.org. Um, or you can just simply go to Google and search for, for the phrase clean 15 and dirty dozen. And so the Environmental Working Group has put together a list of fruits and vegetables that they've done studies on, and they can differentiate between foods that tend to soak up toxins and hold on to them, and those are the ones you really should buy organic, versus the ones that don't tend to do that, and you can just buy those in your regular grocery store without having to pay the premium, unless you just simply feel better paying more money to, to know that all things are relatively toxin-free. And I say relatively toxin-free because I hope that you're not under any illusion that just because something is organic, it doesn't have any toxins in it. That's simply not true. Organic does not mean toxin-free. Organic means less toxins. That's all it means. And so there are many people who are you know, they're really compromised with their environmental sensitivity and their ability to handle these compounds. And going organic doesn't help because there's still enough toxicity or toxin residues in organic fruits and vegetables that they still react to it, especially if they have immune responses because they've lost tolerance. So going organic sometimes makes a big difference. Sometimes it doesn't. For the average person, you don't have to buy everything organic maybe some things you should. And that's where the environmental working group comes in and gives us some good guidance. The other thing that you can do to deload your system is just to get rid of all your harsh household cleaners and, and switch out your personal care products, like making sure that your soaps, your shampoos, your cosmetics are phthalate and paraben-free. These are known endocrine disruptors. And, th and that's just a little taste of the deload aspect of the 3D detox program. The next aspect, and in, in this goes into the detox itself, is to, and, the, and I'm kind of blending detox and deep tox together, uh, which might be a little bit unfair, but it is what it is. I'm trying to fit some stuff into a shorter time frame here. Um, but I want you to think in terms of detoxing in successive layers. It is, it is not the right thing to do in most cases, particularly with the type of people that I coach in my one-on-one -on -one coaching practice. It is not okay to go in with guns blazing, so to speak, and do an aggressive detox right out of the gate. Usually there has to be a lot of prep work, and that might mean deloading the diet, deloading chemicals in your environment. Maybe it includes cleaning up the gut, and that could be a whole different discussion for sure. But I want you to think about this. Like you have toxins that live in different places in your body. You have toxins that are uh, let's call them low-hanging fruit because they're more easily accessible. And these are toxins that are in, say, open spaces like in your gut, as well as things that are just floating around in circulation. This is why we can do some blood testing or some urine testing and we can find environmental chemicals or, or metabolic byproducts of those things because we have them in circulation. And in many cases, it's best to deal with that before you start trying to pull things out of storage, for example. So the low-hanging fruit, the most easily accessible stuff that makes sense to, to work on first, are toxins in your gut and toxins that are in circulation. And there's different strategies. Yes, you can support the liver. You can support the gallbladder. You can use different types of binders, whether that's activated charcoal or it's 
uh, humic and fulvic acid or any number of things, right? There's, there's a handful of different types of, of binders that you can use. But that's, that's layer number one. Layer number two are toxins that are, the, are in the intercellular spaces and in the lymphatic system. And intercellular means the space in between the cells, because as, as things go through your bloodstream, they filter out into the spaces in between your cells, and then they kind of get vacuumed up, for lack of a better term, uh, by the lymphatic system. And so they're not in your cells, but they're not necessarily in circulation. They're in the space in between. And that, again, is your intercellular spaces in your lymphatics. And this is where using things like uh, glutathione or N-acetylcysteine can really help because they, they, they act wherever they are to attract toxins or be attracted to them, to bind and neutralize them so you can get rid of them. So again, we have the low-hanging fruit, the first layer of toxicity, which is open spaces like the gut and circulation. Then we have the intermediate layer, which is your intercellular spaces and your lymphatic tissue. And then we have the third and the final layer, which is your intracellular spaces, the space inside your cells, particularly fatty tissues, because we know that these toxins are lipophilic. We talked about that in episode number one. They love fat, and so they're attracted to wherever fat is, and that would be your, your adipocytes. It would be your, your fat mass in your body, whether that is subcutaneous fat or whether that is visceral fat. But, it's, but these toxins are also, they tend to accumulate in any tissue that has fatty component to it. So your brain, so your bone marrow, or a fatty liver if you have that. And in order to access that, we kind of have to have a little bit of a different strategy. But think of this, and I use this example in the seminars that I teach, and I actually use it in the 3D Detox program itself just to help you understand conceptually what you're trying to do. If you, let's say that you have um, a garage that's full of junk and you take a Saturday and you think, okay, I'm going to clean this stuff out. So you go outside, you open the garage door and you're staring at that big mess and, and maybe the garage is stacked floor to ceiling and wall to wall. You don't crawl in over the top of everything to the back and start pulling things out from the back, do you? No, you start at the front. And you, you start with the things that are most easily accessible, and then you start to organize them as you start pulling it out. And eventually, you work your way to get to the things that are back in the back of the garage. Well, doing detox is no different. You don't want to go in and try to pull a bunch of toxins out of deep storage to bring them out into circulation to expose a higher load to your glutathione stores, to expose your immune system if you have some immune reactivity to your chemicals or to your chemical load. No, you start with the front of the garage, which is open spaces like the gut and things that are in circulation. And so you have to look at detox as not this kind of monolithic, all I have to do is take milk thistle and support my liver, and I'm going to do detox in a way that's safe and effective for me. You have to be far more strategic. And I encourage you again to think deload first. Before you try to detox, do your deload stop things from coming into the system anywhere that you can. And then when you go to do your detox, think in layers. Think the front of the garage, the middle of the garage, and then the back of the garage. Now, the final aspect of 3D detox is what I call deep tox. And that really gets into repairing um, the lipid structures in the cell membranes, right? Because one of the things that we know that happened or that happens is that these toxins tend to drive oxidation into fatty tissues. 
and fat molecules. And so ultimately, at the end of the day, part of what happens with toxicity is we end up damaging our cells. And over time, we can actually reconstitute or, or, or change the constituency of the fats in the cell membranes. And that's what deep tox is all about. It's really about repairing the long-term consequences of having held a toxic load. And you don't want to do that until you get rid of your load. And you don't want to get rid of your load until you prepare your system first. And you have some kind of a strategy that you can move forward in a way that just makes sense. All right. Remember, this was a attack on episode. It was episode uh, 100 or 101. I guess I kind of lost count at this point. But anyways, that that's a wrap for this episode. If you want more information about me, the work that I do, uh, you can check out my website. It's drnoseworthy.com. Find me on major social media channels. The links are in the episode description. And please remember to rate, like, and follow. It helps others like you find the information that they need to begin their own healing journey. All right, I'll see you in the next episode.